MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights. Speaking in public, the list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward, don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Welcome, everyone, to the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Traina, back for another week. Thanks for joining me. This episode of the SI Media Podcast will feature an interview with Jim Miller, author and best known for being the ESPN whisperer. He knows all that's going on in Bristol. So we get into the uh, Monday Night Football news here with Jason Witten leaving. Turner has a big shakeup at the top. So we discuss that. Anand Verk and uh, ESPN getting in the gambling business. So we cover a lot of ground there with Jim Miller. Want to give a shout out and a big thanks to Lou Pellegrino, who's been the producer of this podcast for a long, long time. Uh, Lou is not going to be producing anymore. We have a new producer for the SI Media Podcast. His name is Brandon. Just started at sportsillustrated.com Monday. We're taping on Tuesday. I've literally known him for an hour. So Brandon, welcome aboard. Thank you. And how you doing, man? I'm doing well. Um, do you are you into sports media at all? Of course. Oh, okay, good. Good, 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 good. All right. Um, we got to get to know you a little bit. We'll bring you on here and get your opinions on things. Do you have any uh, opinions on the Monday Night Football broadcast booth? Um, my only thing would be I would like to see Lewis Riddick. Lewis be Riddick. part of the broadcast. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if they I mean it's such a they always just want former players. It's so it's so annoying. It's always got to be a for, I mean I guess he was a former player. Yeah, long, former player, former front office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I, they always want those current former players, the guys who are only out of the league a couple of years. So, um, but Lewis would be good. There's no doubt about that. I my thing, and I, I, we get into this with Jim Miller. I I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's Lewis Riddick. I don't care if it's Booger McFarlane or someone. Else. Just give me a two person booth. I just I hate the three man booth. I think it gets way too yeah, me too crowded. It, it just gets a little too sloppy and all yeah. over the place. It's it's a little more efficient when it's two people. Yeah. What are what are your favorite sports teams? Uh, Mets. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm Giants. a Yankee fan, so we're gonna have issues right <laughs> off the bat. Uh, football and Giants. I'll say Giants. Giants. Okay. Uh, more family thing. More family thing. Right. Um, do you want the Giants to get a new quarterback? Or you want to go pay yeah. them one more year? Yeah, it's, it's about time. New okay. quarterback. Um, 
What else? St. John's College Basketball. Okay. Uh, don't do that much hockey, but yeah, yeah the Rangers, Rangers. You won't hear any hockey on here. Yeah. Well, that's not true. We had Biz Nasty on uh, last, was that last week? No, last week was Stugatz from ESPN. He was great. And the week before that was Biz Nasty from Spitting Chicklets on Barstool. And he was great. So you could check those out in the archives. Yeah. So but NBA, that's the one we didn't do. Uh, this is going to be funny. Yeah. Uh, Chicago Bulls. And you grew up in New York. Yes. Now, how the hell did that happen? Being a kid in the 90s. That's what happened. MJ? Yes. MJ and Pippen. What disrespect to Patrick Ewing right in your backyard. And the, sad, and the funny thing is? The most underrated athlete in New York history right there. And I agree. Funny thing is, my mother loved Patrick Ewing because yeah. my family's uh, Jamaican. So yeah. Patrick does not get the respect he deserves. Yeah, I agree. All because he didn't win a title. But that was a guy who never took one second off ever. And he was probably, what, one of the best college basketball yeah. players ever? Georgetown, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, all right, so Chicago Bulls, New York Mets. Giants, New York Mets. St. John's. St. John's, all right. Rangers, yeah. uh, are you a WWE fan? I used to watch wrestling when I was a kid, and I stopped right when I became a teenager. You grew up, yeah. yeah. We do. I didn't grow up, so we do a lot of WWE here, so bear <laughs> with us on that. All right, so Brandon's aboard. Happy to have him. And uh, like I said, in the archives, we got Stugatz last week. He was great. Biz Nasty. Couple of other there, others in the archives: John O'Ran, Andrew Marshan from Recent Times covering. If you want to dig deep in the archives, we got Steve Carell, Bill Walton, all from the last couple of months. So check those out. Subscribe, rate, review. It all helps. And now we go right to Jim Miller on all the latest sports media news. All right, joining me now, SI Media Podcast regular and the authority on all things ESPN, host of the Origins Podcast, Jim Miller. Jim, how are you? Good man. How are you? I'm well, thanks for asking, and I couldn't think of a better person to speak to this week after the big Monday night football shocking news. I mean, people say it's not shocking that Witten always sort of wanted to get back to the field, but it's still shocking news. Before we get to Witten, quickly, because this is the news today, um, Jessica Mendoza got a job in the Mets front office, and she's still going to do... Sunday night baseball. Do you have any thoughts on that? I sort of feel like the days of conflicts of interest are over with broadcasters, but you're old school, so I'm curious what you think about it. Uh, I mean, it's going to be quite the balancing act. Uh, you know, we've, we've had little tiny elements, steps along the way. Sometimes even I remember when people were going to complain about, we're complaining about Gruden covering a game where his brother was coaching. Right. But, um, you know, it's all it's all part of the journey. Uh, you know, it seems uh, seems a, a tad difficult on the face of it, but you know, I wish it well. I mean, this, this is what I wrote in my column today on SI.com. As a fan, now I'm not talking about as a media person, but as a fan, as long as I know the conflict of interest, I'm okay with it. I, my issue is when there are conflicts of interest. For instance, you know, announcer X is, has the same agent as head coach X. Those, to me, are the really dirty conflicts of interest. If, if you know Jess Mendoza works for the Mets, then when she's calling a Met game, you take everything she says with a grain of salt, no? Yeah, or maybe you just say to her, you're gonna, glad you're there, but you know, when the Mets are there, you're going to take the night off. Well, that's a really good um, point. I had, yeah, I haven't thought. I mean, well, how many times could the Mets be on Sunday night baseball? Three, four, and then just have someone else work those games. That's yeah. That's all. I mean, I think in fairness to her, um, you know, it, it puts it puts her under an unnecessary microscope, and uh, then she has to be 
you know, super, super careful about everything she says or else it gets taken out of context or whatever, I would say just, you know, bring somebody else in for those couple of games. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Um, let's start with this, with Witten and Monday Night Football. Everything, all the reports say that ESPN was... Blindsided might be a strong word, but uh, they didn't have a major heads up this was coming. What can you tell us about that? I think that's true. Um, I think that, you know, look, here's the the irony is that there were a lot of people that were saying to ESPN and some people that I spoke to within ESPN who were somewhat disappointed by Witten. And, you know, I think that they they were taking the high road and kind of staying with him and uh, trying to engineer another season where he'd have some more reps under his belt and maybe take it to another level. But um, they never, they never threw him under the bridge. I thought they were pretty classy about it and they were looking forward to, I think the next season. And so I, I think some people, you know, really were taken aback. Um, But look, he's a big boy. He's allowed to do, you know, what he wants to do. And I think that given the fact that he was in the shape he was in, even when he first signed, there was always that prospect in the back of somebody's mind. I mean, look, we always thought that, you know, Gruden was always trying to coach another team. Right. This is never a one-way street. And so I think that, uh, you know, I, I guess I think there were some people who were actually relieved. Um, you know, could could they have gotten more of a heads up? Maybe. But, you know, this all goes back to, you know, there's a side issue here, which is that Tony Romo really kind of ruined the booth for all newcomers. Without a doubt. Without, I've said he that just, a million it, times on this podcast. He just wiped out an entire generation. Yep. Uh, I mean, and this is why, I mean, look, I have not talked directly to Peyton Manning about this, but look, when you have Tony Romo doing what he's doing in the booth, uh, what's the upside? I mean, Jason Witten, so he's a, he's a cowboy and he's going to be new to the booth just like Tony was and so then day one, you're going to be compared to, to Tony. And, uh, you know, it just so happens that the guy is doing a terrific job. And so um, why would Jason wouldn't want to hang around and be compared to Tony Romo and um, and not feel like he's doing, you know, the greatest job, uh, you know, right. doing the greatest performance in that job? It's It, it makes total sense to me. And, and ESPN, d- d- I mean, the new booth last year of Tessitore, Witten, and McFarland, on a weekly basis, were, were getting destroyed by viewers. But ESPN was 100% going with them in the 2019 season, correct? I mean, there was nothing, there was no indications that they were going to shake it up after one year. No, I mean, I think there were protests all over the country about the the uh, the mobile, the you know, the the car, the, the crane, yeah, his yeah. little, yeah, the crane, the yeah. you know, receipt because that was just a mistake. But no, that's what I was saying before. I think that they were, you know, they were trying to be loyal and they were trying to hang in for another season and see, you know, what could be done. And um, so I think, I think that the idea, first of all, three men booths or three men operations are, are pretty tough. Yep. Pretty, pretty tough just on the face of it. Yep. I mean, why, oh, why, oh, why? I mean, you have to go all the way back to Howard and, Don and everybody else to really say, okay, this makes sense. And so I think that they tried it by getting, by having Booger at it, but I I don't know. It just seemed to me like they were going to be stuck 
getting all three of them in the same booth, and that would have created its own problems for, for Jason. Well, since you brought up Howard, I, I want to get to a point that I actually wrote about, I think, last week. But let me just piggyback on what you had said earlier. I, I, I do think, like you said, Witten's a big boy. He can do what he wants. But from what I know about the situation, I, I think that's a really, really bad job by him to not give ESPN a little notice, only because, like you said, and I know this personally from phone calls I got from ESPN people, multiple, more than one, defending him throughout the season and, you know, not happy with the – they – ESPN had Witten's back 100% from start to finish while fans were eviscerating him on a week-to-week basis. And I really didn't eviscerate him that much. I would maybe write about the fan reaction to him. And ESPN people very close to Witten in that booth were always defending him and not happy about the criticism. So for him to then turn around and give him an hour's notice is a little – Bush League, if you ask me. Well, the only thing I'll do, I'll give him a little bit of uh, margin for error because we're in Jerry World, right? And so True. who knows what constraints. I mean, to actually, look, he's got representatives and he's got um, the whole cowboy organization on it and everything else. I, there might be, you know, some, some word from Dallas or whatever that this can't get out. And if you tell ESPN it's going to get out, we have right. to do this before it gets out or whatever. I'm not so sure. But look, ESPN, whether it had an hour or a week, um, you know, they they can handle it. And quite frankly, I don't think it's going to make that big a difference to them because um, they're going to have that two-man booth unless somehow Peyton decides to change his mind. And, um, you know, they have the relationship with Peyton because of the ESPN Plus uh, show right now. Yep. And obviously Peyton has thought about this, but, I mean, if you're Peyton... I mean, really, what's the upside? So let me, before we get to Peyton, let me just, so let me ask you, because you, you have the inside stuff on this. Do you, is the plan from what you're hearing to go with Tessator and Booger, and then if Peyton decides he wants to do it, they go all in on him, or do you, is there another yeah. scenario you can see happening? No, that's what I was just saying. I, okay. I believe from everything I've, um, I've heard that it's going to be the two of them, and the only, the only third possibility would be Peyton. Right. I mean, that's the, that's the only – Peyton right now is the only reason to pull up a third chair. I mean, if they start, you know, auditioning people and, and bring somebody else in as a third that isn't Peyton, I'd be surprised, and I'd also say, why? Right. I mean, like, literally, I mean, you've got to if, – if, if, if you believe, you know, Tess and Booker are, are the people that should be at least two of the three, then you should just double down on them and have them, have them do it. That's it. You know, um, yeah, but it was, I don't think a third is, you don't bring a third, you don't bring a third person in to make the other two better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the names, I mean, they, we, uh, you and I have discussed this too. I think, oh, I think we battled about this a little about big name versus going with someone who may not be a big name. There's so many names out there for potential broadcasting from potential broadcasters who used to be players, Greg Olson, Joe Thomas, and. I don't. I don't see ESPN going in that direction after the Witten thing. I think, like you said, it's it's Peyton or, or nothing. Yep. My I, thing about I, Peyton, I, I I'll go on record. I think Peyton will be a huge bust in the booth, and I'll say this is my reason for saying this: the people who think Peyton Manning are funny, every single thing he's ever done that's been funny has been people writing for him. SB's Saturday Night Live. You get Peyton without a script. There's not much there. Sorry. Well, look, and the operative get... word of what you just mentioned also is funny. And um, I think that sometimes funny, look, 
we I, I had like 40 extra pages for the book about, uh, you know, Mike Tirico and Tony Kornheiser. Um, you know, I think that funny is it can be a um, <laughs> an advantage sometimes and it can be a disadvantage sometimes. Right. Uh, and so it's a it's also a much more difficult thing to choreograph and to manage um, from a producerial point of view and listening to it because you're going on so many different levels. So I don't, if, I, I don't know if they were bringing in Peyton for humor, but um, I mean, he's got a great personality, but I think I understand what you say. I just, I just don't know why he would, he would risk his current life. Um, and, to, go, and again, it goes back to what you said about Romo ruining it for everyone. Romo, one minute is predicting a play. Two minutes, he's give, a minute later, he's giving you the X's and O's of what's going on with the defense and how the quarterback read it. And then two minutes later, he's being funny and making you laugh. So, Romo, yeah. like you said. Yeah, and the other thing is, and this is nothing uh, – look, I, I'm not trying to take Tess down for this, but I think that one of the things that has not received enough attention um, when we talk about Tony Romo, because Tony deserves all the praise that he's getting, but I also feel like Jim Nance – has been wonderful for Tony Agreed. because he asks him questions. He sets him up. He, he early on, you could see the way. I mean, Jim Nance has already has already made his name for himself. He's not trying to compete. I think that you know, I'm not saying that it was egotistical on Tessa's part, but you know, he started off, and so he's trying to establish himself with the audience. Right. So he wasn't asking Witten a lot of questions or setting him up for things. Nance was so gracious with Tony Romo and like literally just laid out the carpet for him so he could have a lot of oxygen and could, you know, in the booth. And I think that, you know, it became very, very complicated with Tess trying to establish himself with the audience at the same time Witten was. You're, you're dead on about Nance. Uh, he's been great with Romo these two years. And, uh, you know, I'm just listening to you say that and I'm thinking in my head, it's sort of, it really, what, ES, what ESPN really did was a disservice to those three guys in a way where they threw together three guys who had never called an NFL game before. Now, listen, the, the counter to that, someone could say, well, tested college and Booger McFarland did college. College isn't the NFL. So they took three guys who had never called an NFL game and then put them together. It, you look back, I know a lot of people had problems with that booth. It, they really were facing an uphill battle from day one. And, of course, then they sucked Booger on a crane, which didn't help. Well, yeah. I mean, look, Sean and Gruden weren't exactly um, a walk in the park. <laughs> I, I mean, this is, you know, this is tough stuff. Um, and you're spending $15.3 billion on it, so you want to get it right. But you just touched on something, if you don't mind me mentioning it. The Go. one thing that kind of made me carsick after um, after Witten had, had folded up, was, these, uh, was everybody saying, okay, the, the only thing ESPN can do now is bring Fowler and Herb Street into the Monday night booth. Ooh. And it's like, this is the thing that it just drives me crazy because this idea that college football is like the junior varsity, uh, you know, and from a broadcasting perspective to Monday night football, is just absolute crap. I mean, first of all, Herb Street has... Herb Street and Fowler understand the DNA of college football, and you spend more money, ESPN spends more money on college football than it does on the NFL. And while I recognize that the NFL is still kind of America's crack cocaine in terms of ratings, mm -hmm. I, you know, ESPN's college football is really, really important to them. Those guys are perfectly suited for it. Right. And there's something else that happens, which is like 
you I don't know if you ever read Chris Fowler's essay about like you know when when the um, assault happened at Virginia Tech or something, but there's an emotional level that happens with college football that you rarely get with professional football. You only get it really when somebody retires or when there's a big, big matchup and right. it looks like, you know, both of their careers are about to, you know, like a quarterback matchup or something. Um, somebody comes back from a big, big injury. But every single week in college football, there's a narrative that's infused with, you know, some, some sort of emotional component. Mm-hmm. And somehow, I, you know, Fowler and Herb Street are able to, um, you know, create and maintain that duality. And it would be, I think it would have been just total nonsense. It would have been a brutal mistake for them to uh, go into the uh, Monday night booth. I had not heard that one, and I, I agree with you totally that it would be a ridiculous move to make. I'll, I'll say a couple of things piggybacking off what you just said. I, I've always maintained, I think, I don't think ESPN gets nearly enough credit for the stable of excellent college football broadcasters they have. You mentioned Fowler and Herb Street. Herb Street is as good as it gets. But even, I mean, you go through what they have, who they have calling games on a Saturday afternoon. Um, uh, Steve Levy, Bob Wachusen, Mark Jones. They have such a stable there of, of good play-by-play guys. Their college football coverage is excellent. And I agree How about with- their studio stuff? How about their analyst stuff? How about... I mean, the Paul Feinbaums of the world. I mean, how about college game day for the last 25 years? I mean, it's like, and, you know, I once did this um, investigative series for the New York Times with Rich Sandemir and Steve Eater, and we did a three-part thing about ESPN and college football, and it it really, we worked on it for like about seven, eight months, and it was just fascinating to really, really go deep with that because, I mean, they, for, for better or for worse, they started putting on those Thursday night games, which created revenue streams for these other, you know, teams that weren't on the, you know, on the A list. And they, those programs started, you look at Louisville football and you look at, um, you know, some of those other teams out west, particularly in the WAC conference. Yep. They had huge impact. Sometimes, sometimes it was, it was actually bad. But my only point is college football is a huge, huge, ecosystem for ecosystem for ESPN yeah. and you just can't ruin it for uh, for just the strength of the uh, Monday night booth. Yeah, and I think we both agree and, and this was my point about Tessator and Booger McFarland too. Uh, like you said, college football just as important, they spend more money on it than the NFL, but they're two completely different animals when calling games. I mean, College football is a lot of rah-rah bullshit. This coach is the greatest thing ever. He graduated this many people. They got 4.0s and the mascots. The NFL, the fans just want the NFL. In the NFL, fans just just give us the game. Just give us the game. And, you know, so it's, it's a totally different animal, in my opinion. And by the way, there's one other footnote, which is the, you know, the big kind of like elephant in the corner in this. All this is we're in 2019. The deals are up. You know, 20, in, after in, 2021. Yep. Exactly. I think they're going to shrink the window. So ESPN, which is technically up, will be part of the overall. Um, they'll just make one big window. And, uh, you know, like I've been saying, I mean, I said this over a year ago, I wouldn't be surprised if ABC Network went for right. a, a slot. I think that Les Moonves being um, absent from this round is going to have a really, really, it's going to make um, CBS's position um extremely tough hmm. that's nothing against sean or right. david burson or anybody else who's going to be involved but obviously Les had a history with not only robert Kraft but the entire nfl um that was 
Um, I mean, look, when the first time Thursday Night Football came up, uh, you know, somebody said, you know, asked me, well, who do you think is going to get it? Well, you know, you, you can't bet against less, and sure enough, he got it. Right. Um, so there's a lot of wild cards, streaming services and, uh, you know, everything else. So I think there's going to be a lot of clauses in announcer contracts, particularly Tony's, where it's the old uh, Madden Summerall rule. You know, you you, you go, you, you're not tied to the network, obviously, you 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 go with the package, right? Well, Tony. So Tony is up after this season. Um, yep. So do you think CBS locks him up, or you think a bidding war ensues? Um, like if you're I mean, Tony, look, why think, would you not listen to all the offers? Right. I mean, I think that in order for them to preemptively lock him up, it's going to be a pretty big Brinks truck that's mm-hmm. going to have to be, mm-hmm. you know lined up and delivered um otherwise you know one might think that the marketplace is going to be able to uh you know to to really pull a big number up i mean he's gonna i mean i guess madden's best number was eight i think um you know so he's gonna he's gonna be in that neighborhood that's for sure and then like we mentioned you must be looking at my notes from your house because I have it here that the espn contract espn gets monday night football for this season 2019 2020 and then 2021 and then who knows what happens now turner just they've had a big shake-up uh david levy who's been there forever is gone rumblings jeff zucker will take over turner sports could you see he is taking over he is taking over could you see um the nfl people forget the nfl was on Turner, a long, TNT, a long time ago. Vern Lundquist in the booth. I remember they had the Sunday night package. How much of a player is Turner going to be for an NFL package? Do you remember who uh, actually Turner split the package? Do you remember who they split it with? It, uh, wait, Turner, they split it. Oh, God. Not with ESPN? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, that's ESPN yeah. ESPN yeah, got yeah. half a package in 1987. Yeah. And then... Um, Waterworld and a couple other things happened to Inside Turner, and they said they walked away from the NFL, which then enabled ESPN to get an entire season, right. which enabled uh, ESPN to really, really hit those sub fees and the cable systems for those sub fees. And that was the beginning of the real wide moat. That was that was the beginning of yeah. the, of the huge cash machine. All right, this episode of the SI Media Podcast is sponsored by Audible. Could listening make you a better parent, a better leader, even a better person? Could listening to motivating fitness programs get you fit? Could listening inspire you to start something new? There's never been a better time to start listening on Audible. With Audible, you get access to an unbeatable selection of audiobooks, including bestsellers, motivation, mysteries, thrillers, memoirs, and more. Audible has the largest selection of audiobooks on the planet. And now, with Audible Originals, the selection has gotten even more custom with content made for members. Audible members can choose three titles every month, one audiobook and two Audible Originals you can't hear anywhere else. Audible members also get access to exclusive audio fitness programs to start the new year off on the right foot. Listen to listen on any device, anytime, anywhere, at home, at the gym, on your commute, or just on the go. You'll also enjoy easy audiobook exchanges, rollover credits, and an audiobook library you keep forever, even if you cancel. Audible, the most inspiring minds, the most compelling stories, the best place to listen. Get started with a 30-day free trial when you go to audible.com slash media or text 
500500 media text media to 500500 and listen for a change again that is audible.com slash media uh one book i know i was looking at audible there's a great andre agassi autobiography from a few years ago called open i saw it on audible uh can't recommend that one enough it's it's a really great book and if you're an si media podcast listener you can sign up and get uh all the great stuff from audible on audible.com slash media. So I know that, so I've read rumblings about maybe ABC tries to get a Sunday afternoon package, Turner's in the mix. So it does, it does seem like uh, 2020 is going to be a free for all when, when these contracts are coming up. I think it's going to be the most dynamic year, the dynamic, most dynamic negotiations um, in recent memory. I mean, I think it's going to be uh, obviously in 2005 when, ESPN got mon- Monday night and left Sunday night. Um, that was quite interesting because you had NBC, Dick Eversall, being able to get back into the NFL game and uh, poor ESPN thinking that they had gotten Monday night with the Monday night football schedule. Little did they know that, you know, yeah. well, they had actually been told that they were, they were getting the, the Sunday night cable package on Monday night. But, uh, um, that was that was a that was an exciting round. What since we mentioned Turner and Jeff Zucker taking over for the average typical Joe Schmo sports fan? Good news, bad news. Expect big changes. What do you think, Jeff? Well, Zucker I think does that um, you know people people forget that because Jeff has been so enmeshed in news at CNN and then. Before that, he at NBC. He also had NBC Entertainment stuff. But he has, um, you know, he's a, he's got a huge interest in sports. People had mentioned, or people had thought that he might be might have gone for Skipper's job after Skipper left. There were rumors that he might be interested in that, or that ESPN was interested in talking to him. But um, I think that one of the things that you know we're going to see rather quickly is. Uh, there's so much up for grabs in the next couple of years. We've gone through a quiet period. And one of the ways in which you, you know, kind of brand your, your organization is how, how you decide to spend your money and how aggressively you decide to spend it. And so it will be interesting to see, uh, you know, what Zucker is going to do in terms of his own relationship with the NFL and whether or not he wants to start positioning that and whether AT&T is going to give him the money. Yeah. The one thing's for sure is that, um, you know, maybe a couple of years ago we were talking about declining ratings and uh, problems off the field and the politicalization of things. But I think that, you know, one of the things that happened this past season was that the league is, you know, back on terra firma. There's not that there's not as many, um, you know, negative stories. And I think that people still appreciate the fact that uh, even though some numbers are down or whatever, that, you know, you still want to be in the NFL game, or at least most people do. Right. And Turner, obviously, I mean, what David Levy has done with Turner in terms of the NBA has been tremendous um, inside the NBA with Ernie and Barkley and Kenny Smith and Shaq, obviously. Um, uh, David Levy, probably a guy who didn't get enough credit for, for all the stuff he did over there. Well, that that NBA operation, as you say, is pretty pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Um, just like ESPN. No, I'm just kidding. Never mind. <laughs> Whenever yeah. I watch that ESPN pre-halftime post-show with, what is it, Michelle Beadle, Paul Pierce, and Jalen Rose, I'm just like, 
I, I feel bad for them because, like, what can they do when the gold standard is the other one? But, man, that's a rough one. Yeah, I mean, look, I think they're going to, you know, Rachel is going to stay, and uh, I think that, you know, they have some good people. They just have never been able to put together right. um, an NBA show or NBC NBA shoulder program in the way Turner has. Um, I know you went on Richard Deitch's podcast a few weeks ago, and you were very fired up about Adnan Verk's firing. Uh, is there anything new to that story? It's been very, very, very quiet since the initial day or two when it broke via Andrew Marshan. Uh, I know there's lawsuits, so everyone's probably tight-lipped. But have you heard any rumblings about maybe they settle, maybe ESPN reconsiders and Verk goes back, Verk, any offers from MLB Network, DAZN? What, any, do you have anything there? Um, I think uh, Adnan is going to be fine. I, I, I hope that's the case. And um, I think he's going to probably, if I had to bet on it, he's going to be fine elsewhere. Um, I was I was hoping that ESPN would reconsider, um, but that hasn't happened. I think that in so doing so, though, they've created a really, really dangerous uh, precedent uh, for themselves because, um, you know, it's clear what he did, and uh, I say this out of uh, respect for him, but he's a freaking idiot for what he did. But um, the truth is uh, ESPN has been, you know, looking to kind of catch somebody red-handed for a long time and they finally did um i just don't think the uh i think the the cure was much worse than the disease and uh that's why i was um you know somewhat animated about it but i, I don't I think that i don't want to put words in your mouth but are you, are you saying that espn was looking to sort of send a message to the rest of the staff here about leaking and giving information away yeah, I mean they. Of course, you know they they they've they've always had. Um, I tweeted out. I think an example. I mean, Chet Simmons before he died at one of our last conversations. You know, he said that the most important thing to him back when he was president, and this is like 1980, was him being the only person that communicated with the press because he was he was really upset about other people talking to the press. So that's like 1980 when there's like six people in the executive trailer. So it's been, it's been, you know, it's been a problem. Yeah. I mean, it's a problem for White Houses. It's a problem for many organizations. It's been a particular problem for ESPN from time to time. Um, you know, I think that Bornstein had it uh, probably under control more than most of the other presidents. But the point is, though, that this was a case where, um, you know, uh, it didn't, it didn't take uh, Colombo to figure out, you know, <laughs> what, what uh, Verk had done, right. and um, and I think they were trying to send a message. Um, I think that's that's kind of ridiculous. That's like saying, you know, the day the death penalty was instituted, uh, people would stop murdering people, because um, uh, that's just not right. that's just not the case. But but now what they've done is they've put future anchors and future reporters and analysts, whatever, in harm's way, because if, you know, if they by chance have a background conversation with somebody and that reporter um, is rather uh, loose or uh, um, about that information that they give them um, in a way that enables ESPN to figure out when and where they found that out, then, you know, what are they going to do? 
right. what are they going to do? They can't, susp- they can't suspend a person. Uh, they, they're going to have to fire him because that's the precedent they set. So I think it was just that's, that's going to be a, that's going to be a tough one for them to live with. The, 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 the bottom line is that the, the VERC punishment did, doesn't end with VERC. And now that's, that's part of the whole thing. And, um, you know, it could be a dangerous one. And now if I have Jim Miller on, I have to talk about the Sopranos movie. But before I do that, one last one on the sports stuff. Um, ESPN announced a daily gambling show that starts in a few weeks that they're going to be doing Monday through Friday. Um, I find the game. Now, listen, I am a gambler. I, I, I just bet football, NFL and college football, so I don't want to overstate it like I'm betting year round. But I'm a heavy NFL, college football better. And I find the, the betting and gambling stuff um, sort of penetrating the sports world fascinating from the standpoint of the leagues are not happy with it in, until they get their money. And the networks have to do whatever the leagues want, which is why none of the networks would mention anything about gambling this past NFL season. So it's interesting to me that ESPN is going ahead with this. I feel like they have to because it's happening. Uh, but I wonder if they can go full bore or if they have to be careful because they don't want to piss off Roger Goodell and company. Well, look, what, there were only there were two big agenda items for Jimmy Pitar when he came on board as ESPN president. One was to get rid of politics and to, to drain, you know, ESPN of, you know, any kind of crossover between sports and politics. But the second was to repair the relationship between the NFL and ESPN because, as I've said many times, I mean, I don't believe Skipper was even interested in getting NFL again. Right. Not that it was going to be up to him. It was going to be up to Bob, obviously. But the point is, I can't imagine right now Jimmy Pitaro and ESPN doing anything um, that doesn't have at least the quiet blessing of the, ES, uh, of the NFL. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think they're going too far at all. And I think the fact that they're going into it shows another reality of what it's like to be ESPN in 2019, which is that, you know, you've got to go through all the doors you can. And, you know, you, this gambling thing, it's like we can't afford to sit on the, you know, sit on the sidelines for it. There's money to be made there. There's um, eyeballs to, to attract, and um, we want to be everywhere. And, you know, in some ways that's what ESPN has always done, even dating back to ESPN, the magazine, and other things, but right now um, they they are sending a clear signal that um, they want to be as big a part of this as um, as they can be. Right. Yeah. You, you. I was going to go to the Sopranos movie, but you just said something that made me think of something else. About you mentioned that when Pitaro took over, and I think we're speaking on the. I think I saw a tweet. This it's been one year now since he's taken over. Today. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, you you said How about that, that. About that. Yeah. Yeah. You said one of his main missions at the top of the list was to sort of get rid of the politics from ESPN. I'm, and he's done that, like you said. Now, I'm wondering, he's been able to do that uh, over the past year because I guess we had midterms last year. But I wonder if that will stick next November when we're in election season and there are debates and conventions and hopefully people smart enough to vote the maniac in office out. But that will be the test, I think, is come next summer-ish about getting the politics out of ESPN. Well, yeah, but it's uh, that old adage I used to share with my kids, which is, uh, 
Noah built the ark before it started raining. Right. And so um, they said goodbye to Jamel. And they, um, they have literally sent messages across the bow that um, this is not, this is nothing that we want to be doing. And, you know, by and large, uh, you don't have a lot of people pushing back on it. And so I think that they've done a good job of positioning themselves in advance of that. Um, you know, so they don't get sucked into that vortex. You know, years well, ago, I just just to be um, clear, I don't think on SportsCenter they're going to cover you know Joe Biden versus Donald Trump, but I'm I'm talking about social media and um, yeah, but know. I mean, you know, look, I have to say, I think that you know when Jamel left and I interviewed her right afterwards, and she mm-hmm. recognized this. It was not just her leaving; it was it was a symbolic thing as well. Yeah, and um, you know, years ago, Bill Simmons wanted to interview Obama. I think it was 2008 during the campaign, the first one, and uh, they wouldn't let him. And then he later, later, Obama did get interviewed on ESPN, which um, made Bill Carr sick. But my only point is, (laughs) I think you might go, you might see, you know, push back even to those levels where, um, you know, it's not going to be like you're going to see a parade of uh, Democratic hopefuls appearing on uh, on ESPN, uh, you know, podcasts even or or you know the car wash or something like that. Right. I think they're going to try and really stick away from it. Oh, they they went they went full tilt though when when Barack Obama was at the Duke game a couple uh, last week or was that two weeks ago or last week they couldn't get enough of Barack in the front row with his jacket with forty four on the sleeve and then him calling out Zion's injury with his shoe broke. I I thought Obama was the third man on the team in that during that game. In the booth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think that's true. But <laughs> yeah. I, that's that's kind of like unavoidable. I mean, yeah. you know, if uh, I, I I don't I don't think that's a I don't think that's an indication of uh, you know the pendulum swinging. Right, right. No, no, I agree. It'll be I, it'll be interesting if if Trump gets voted out next year and then he shows up to a college basketball game. How much how much coverage he'll get on that? Uh, um, <laughs> let, let's go to the Sopranos movie because if I have, if I have, well, let me, let me do Origins first. Do you have any new Origins coming out? Let's give that a little little plug. Uh, thank you. Uh, we're going to be uh, announcing uh, several new chapters uh, very oh, shortly. Nice. I still want that Howard Stern chapter. I'm going to beg you for that. Again. Okay. Um, I think you know. There's a lot of rumblings that he has a very secretive autobiography coming out. Do you know anything about that? You're in the publishing world. Is that true? I mean, I've heard I've heard the rumblings like you have. Um, it would certainly be uh, be a tour de force if he decides to really, uh, you know, go for it and uh, <laughs> and talk about everything that he can talk about. Yeah, I, that will that will be. Uh, that's one celebrity that's managed to keep stuff quiet. So an autobiography from him would be interesting. What uh, the big news on the Sopranos prequel is that Ray Liotta just got kissed. In that, are you for that? You like that move, that casting? Oh, sure, sure. I, um, I mean, I, 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 like it's all, it's all great, and we'll take it any way you can. And right. Jimmy Gandolfini's son, and uh, you know, I mean, I think that the idea of uh, David and David Chase and Mary Connor, that script has got to be awesome. Unfortunately, I haven't gotten my hands on it yet, but you know, um, it's just one of those things that you just, you know, I mean, some people can't wait for the next marvel movie or whatever but i mean i can't wait for this and yeah. i think it's gonna you know they've they've assembled a great team and uh you know it's, it's i can't i just can't wait i do i do love all of the the goodfellow sopranos connections absolutely and absolutely. A lot. yeah 
Um, yeah, I'm I'm going to be. Uh, I hope to do a uh, Origins um, to begin next year on the 20th anniversary of Goodfellas. Oh, now you now you've piqued my interest. So, oh yes, and please. Plan to go deep for that anniversary. Lord willing. I love um, I love how we, we just had the Oscars and every year when the Oscars are going on, there's always a billion tweets reminding people that dancers dances with wolves beat the beat Goodfellas for best picture. Yeah, yeah, it's right up there with ordinary people beating Raging Bull. Right, right. I mean um, that's oof. but you know, I think that there was the, the connection between Goodfellas and Sopranos. It's interesting because uh you know, Lorraine Brockett was originally, uh, they approached her to be Carmela Soprano. Right. And she said, I've already done Mob and uh, I've already done that role, but she wanted the, the role of Dr. Melfi, which I thought like, was such an inspired choice on her, yeah. on her part. And the fact that David went along with it, um, that's the, you know, and of course we got Edie Falco in the, as a bonus. And that is just still one of the most terrific most terrific um, female parts and female performances ever. Yep, absolutely. Would have been the only thing that I, I, I like. I, I'm like you. I, I I like that Lorraine said she's already done Mob Wife and she wanted to do the therapist role. But it would have been interesting if she did Carmela to see then who would have been Melfi because the Melfi Tony stuff is just so tremendous and she was so great with it. So it's hard to imagine someone else. And uh, you can't imagine someone else doing Carmela because, like you said, Edie, that was as good as it it's ever gotten in television. But uh, that fantasy casting is always fun to do. Yeah, well, the thing about Melfi was that she was Italian. And, I mean, there was just so many things that made that dynamic between doctor and patient so much more controversial and multidimensional. And, you know, particularly when Tony was undergoing transference. I mean, it was, um, it was, it was rich, man. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm looking forward to the Goodfellas origins. Uh, that's, that's exciting news right there. And, uh, we'll be in touch if, uh, ESPN has any big Monday night football news coming out anytime soon. I, I appreciate you coming on today and, uh, sharing your insights on, on all the latest sports media news. No, fun to be here. All right. Thanks, Jim. Thank you. Jim. Take care. All right. My thanks to Jim Miller for chatting about the latest sports media news. Make sure you subscribe to the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. If you have not already, check out the archives. A lot of good interviews uh, from the past few weeks in there. And we'll see you next week right here on the SI Media Podcast. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.